0: football season. I'm a big college football fan. And this is my favorite time of the year, really. I would love to say it's because the fall, you know, the leaves are falling and the weather's cooler. I live in North Florida. This is not the case. It's hot and humid here, but I do love football. Today, we're talking about downshifting your career. And this is a concept and a term that I've used a lot of times with clients around, for many of them, it's retirement. They don't want to, the analogy I use is they don't want to put the car in park, but they do want to maybe downshift a little bit. But there can be, reasons to downshift at any point in your career for a number of reasons. And that's what we're going to talk to our guest today about. This is Mark Danaher. And Mark, first of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: No, thank you for having me here. So
0: why don't you start by introducing yourself and kind of tell the listeners about your story? Yeah, great.
1: So, you know, I started off when I was working, I was in education. I was working as a school counselor and about two years in, I became a career counselor. And from that point, my career started to shift a little bit because every teacher that was looking to leave education or retire because my title was career counselor came to me. And I had a job that I loved. I was really enjoying it and and working with the students and the adults. But there was one point that they hired a new principal who effectively came in and closed any program that was started before he got there. And that included my program along with a number of others. And so I went from where I was district teacher of the year and finalist for for Connecticut teacher of the year to an outsider because the new principal principal didn't value me or the programs I created. And I felt left out, Uh, you know, staff wasn't connecting with me and I went into this depression almost and I was burned out because no matter what I did, I wasn't connecting and I wasn't feeling my purpose or my passion. And so even with my experience, it wasn't until I started working with a career coach Who really helped me change my life. And it let me find what I wanted to do and really find that purpose and reignite that spirit that I had. And so from that point, I started working to help people make career transitions. And really, what I focus on is helping professionals make a career change from a job they hate to a job they will love. And that's so important because people need to really connect in. Doesn't mean that they're going to love everything, but my goal is to help them find something that's going to wake them up every morning and be excited to go to work and not worry about checking in at nine and checking out at 5 p.m. And that's really been my role now is just really doing that career coaching and help people connect into something that they'd love to do.
0: There's a couple points there that I'm interested in and, and want to point out. And one is that as a career counselor, you still hired a career coach. And I, I did an episode recently about why having a coach is so important. And I interviewed my coach who has also had a coach and has a coach. And so we talked about that dual role. And just because your coach doesn't give you instant insight into your soul, does it? <laughs>
1: No, you you need that other perspective. You need that place where you can have that mirror and somebody can bounce those things back to you so that you can see those different ways and really help you move forward in your life.
0: I'm reading a book right now that really speaks to something that you said and that idea of kind of checking in at 9 a.m. and checking out at 5 p.m., If all your job is, is bringing you a paycheck. And when you think about the satisfaction or the reward that you get from your job, if the only thing you can come up with is that paycheck and the benefits, there's something wrong, don't you think, Mark?
1: Oh, definitely. You know, if you're just there for the paycheck, then you're not, you're missing out on so much more because there are so many things in a job that can bring you between the colleagues that you work with, the new learnings that you're doing, the impact that you can have in the world and in that company. So if you're just there for the paycheck, then you really have to do some reflection and see what is it that you're missing? Because you know, you can get a paycheck anywhere, but you only live one life and you want to find a job that's really going to connect with you.
0: It's fulfilling your purpose. So so a couple of things wrong are going on there. One is you're not engaged. There's no way you can feel that way about your job and be completely engaged and completely a strong contributor to that job. So you're letting your current employer down, but there's also some other work out there that you're meant to do that's being left undone or not done properly because you're not doing it.
1: Yeah, completely. You know, And you want to make sure you take that opportunity.
0: So one of the reasons that that I wanted to have this topic on at this time is that, We're seeing so many people, the the great resignation and all of those things, people are rethinking their careers during the pandemic. They've had this downtime, they've worked from home, they've been out of work, whatever their scenario might be, but they're rethinking all of it. And and for some of them, it's, I don't want the work-life balance, I call it blend, that I had before because it really wasn't a blend. It wasn't a balance. It was a hot mess. And for others, it's been about this fulfillment piece. And then for still others, it's been less stress. Like, how can I find a position that will be less stressful? So if we look at this shift holistically, how can we play full out in all these areas of our lives?
1: You know, that's a great question. You know, and really what I help clients do, and I think we all can do, is really looking at what do we have going on in our life? Looking at our life arenas, I think, is so important. Because when you think about work, that's only one aspect of who you are. Even though it's a major portion of what we do, so many people forget to look at how's their social network? What's their life satisfaction like? How is my health and wellness? You know, in terms of looking at leisure and interests and family and relationships, their spirituality, there's so many different arenas that we have going on. And when we look at these arenas, they're so tied into our work and career and, to, and our life and our success really comes from really having a good, like I love that that work-life blend, right? Finding those priorities that are important. And as we see with everybody right now, there's that big questioning. You know, we've probably spent more time in the last few months of people really looking at their outside piece, their outside identity, because people get so caught up in I'm an accountant, I'm a you know doctor, but never really think about. What are those other pieces that come into play that really build up who we are as a whole person? And I think that's the important part as we go through this that when we're going into this, looking at these different areas and getting a good barometer of who we are and what needs attention. Because as we go through this, we can spend and work on different ones each week as we go through. And I usually help clients either in a weekly or bi weekly place look at different arenas that they can help improve and get a better balance in their life.
0: Absolutely. And and I think to your point, we want to look at some of those other areas. If you have a suspicion that maybe it's your relationship with your significant other or your social network, if that's what maybe is causing the, the sense of dissatisfaction or dis-ease, in your life, let's look at that before you jump ship with your job or your career. Let's just make, let's look at it holistically as we used that term previously. I know that personally, I recently secured a life coach because I wanted to deal with a relationship issue or relationships in general and has nothing to do with work. And yet it has everything to do with work. And I got such great clarity and direction on how I wanted to proceed with that which is energizing to me in every other area of my life.
1: It is. You know, I think people miss that that life and career are so intertwined and that they are so connected. And so, you know, when things are going well at home, a lot of times things are going well at work and vice versa. So it's really, if we look at all those arenas, it's important. And getting a life coach or career coach can help you kind of sort through those things and really give you a better perspective of what you need to do to, to move forward so that you're living your best life, living your purpose. But really, being connected into the world and being engaged, so that you're making an impact.
0: And when I hired a, a coach, a business coach, recently, I was so successful in finding the right coach because I was very clear in the problem that I needed to solve, and I was able to articulate that to candidates for my coach, and I got the perfect coach for me. So my point is to the listeners: it's not that you have to have the answers, but you do have to have some, at least, some hypotheses about where the dissatisfaction is, where the where the growth opportunity is in order to find the right coach for you and the right fit. Because if, if someone comes to, I think you or me, and just says, not happy, and that's the end of the conversation, <laughs> we don't really have a whole lot to work on to help them with, or we have to work a lot harder to get to it. So doing some You know, introspection, maybe talking to significant people in your life who know you very well and getting some perspective to figure out, okay, here's the direction I think I want to go in approaching this dis-ease that I'm having right now. And I need a coach who can do this for me. Is that kind of your perspective or do you look at it differently?
1: No, I look at very much the same. You know, the more clear we are in putting it all together, it really makes a big difference on, on who we can find. You know, if you just say you're happy or, or I'm not happy here, then, you know, you don't have that clarity of what you need. And, and once you have that clarity, like you said, with finding the business coach, it makes it so much easier to connect and find exactly what you want. It's having that vision, you know, and you may not know the vision of where you want to go, but you know, the vision of what you need to focus on.
0: Exactly. And, and the first coach that I spoke to last year, when I was hiring my business coach, I, I told her, I want somebody who can get in the weeds with me look at all the aspects of my business and fix systems processes everything that i'm doing on that kind of granular level and she was very clear in saying i'm not the right person for you but i know exactly who is and the same is true when clients can come to me and be articulate about where their dissatisfaction is maybe it's not me maybe it's you that i need to send them to but i can tell because they've articulated Their concerns. They don't have the answers, but they at least have a sense of what the problem might be.
1: Yes, so true.
0: So, specifically, if we talk about jobs and careers, what do you see as those signs that someone maybe does need to make a shift?
1: Yeah, you know, looking at the different signs, there's so many different ones, but one of the ones that really stands out a lot is that, you know, you're really worn out and exhausted from doing your job. You know, we spend a large amount of time at work. And it should be something we enjoy. You know, there's always going to be parts that you're not happy with, but overall, your job should make you happy. And a little stress is good. You know, it's a good motivator, but too much stress where you're, that can cause burnout and exhaustion. And when you're stressed out, you may not want to go to work. You're thinking, you know, how can I get home? Or you may be looking at maybe taking more sick days and it impacts you as you go forward. So that's one sign that you see. Another one that really comes up when I'm working with clients is that the skills or the responsibilities that they have are not fulfilling? They're bored. You know, over time, we get to grow and, you know, we'll get better at our job. But when you outgrow a position, it's quite common. You start to kind of, you know, say, you know, I need to find something different. And then you start to disengage. You know, there's no challenge there to help you mentally move forward. And so that's at a point when, if you're at a point in your job and it's, you're starting to feel bored, you're not engaged, you're kind of on autopilot when you go in. That's the time to start thinking about what could be a new challenge that I can go through? What can I learn to maybe add some additional responsibilities in so that I can grow in that position? And another sign is you're not feeling like you're making an impact. You've kind of lost your purpose. You know, having purpose at work is essential. We mentioned that before. But you know, you need to find a job in an organization that are aligned with your values and make sure you're creating impact in the chosen field every day. And if you find that you're not aligned anymore with that purpose or values and you feel like your wheels are spinning and your workday has become you know, less meaning, then that's when you want to start to look for that career change, You know, because that's an important part. And so you want to start looking at new opportunities, new industries that may match better with your current purpose and values that you have. And another one that's very important is you start to think about other people's careers, You know, that you're starting to obsess with. What are other people doing? What are my responsibilities compared to what they're doing? That's really a surefire sign that you're definitely ready for a change because you're starting to make those comparisons of what are you doing every day and why do they get to do this and why do I ha- don't have that opportunity? And so it's important then to then start up some informational interviews and field research to get out there because that's a, a surefire sign. And then the last one I want to share is that you are so excited about Friday. And dread Monday. You know, <laughs> yeah. and that's an important one. You're like, thank God it's Friday. But then that Monday morning blues comes in, you keep on hoping that Sunday will continue on forever. Then <laughs> you definitely know it's time for a change because you're not, you know, I've seen for myself and other clients, you know, when you're in a job that you love and that you're you don't worry. It's like, oh yeah, the time just kind of goes by. But if you're in that, thank God it's Friday, or oh no, it's Monday then you're, you're in a worry that you have to start looking for better things that are going to match up with who you are and what you want to do.
0: So I, I hear a couple of subtexts in there. And one is there are things you can do in your current position. It doesn't mean you have to stay there. You could be actively job searching, but let's see how we can ramp it up to contribute more, feel more productive. Yeah. Take on additional responsibilities, and that involves, in most cases, communication with your boss, letting your boss know that you're ready for a new challenge. You, won't, don't, you don't necessarily need to tell him or her that you're looking elsewhere. That's that's a separate question, but you can ask for additional responsibilities, find ways to expand within your current role, or maybe maybe even a different role within the company, and still and still look. I think that's such an important piece, and and then I think really looking at your energy level i can remember mark so clearly two two times in my life one was my first 5 minutes of the day after the alarm went off was laying in bed trying to find something wrong with myself so i could call in sick not a good sign and then the second one was sitting in the parking lot turn the car off in the parking lot and having to pep talk myself into getting out of the car and going in to deal with what i was going to have to deal with those are just checking in with your body and Checking in with your thoughts about your work and and looking at them objectively or getting coaches' help for that is just such a critical piece.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, I think that's so important. You know, if you're starting to find that and you're you're doing that point where you're have to do that pep talk just to make it in the door, you know, that's when you need some help. And that's an important part as you go through, you know, because we have days that we don't want to go in. That's that's normal. You have some days, it's a little bit overwhelming, it's a little stressful. But when those days start to become, you know, a couple of days a week or every day, that's when you definitely want to reach out and start thinking about this may not be the right position as you go forward. Because, you know, a lot of times we we just kind of put it off. Oh, it's just it's just the day I didn't sleep well. But when they start to become a routine and you have to do that pep talk to get out, then, you know, it's, it's time to take some action and to talk to someone and do reflections of what you want.
0: Yeah, it's recognizing you know this is a task that i don't enjoy doing you know there maybe there's some substance to your job that you don't enjoy doing and how can i reconfigure that to make it more palatable is it's is there am i in a position where i can offload that to someone who may think it's the best job duty in the world or can i approach it differently so that i can enjoy it more versus i kind of hate the whole thing i kind of am over the whole the whole job
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 have set of skills. We have like those motivational skills that we love to do all the time. Mm -hmm. But we also have the burnout skills—the things that we do really well. But if we do them for a longer time, or if we've been doing them too long, it's time, like you said, to offload them. Find somewhere else that maybe you can adjust your responsibilities so it can be a better place.
0: Sounds like you use one of the same activities, the motivated skills sort that I do as well to, to really look at what are those skills that I am super over doing.
1: <laughs> Very much.
0: <laughs> so when we talk about this downshifting, let's kind of put it in that context. So how can someone recognize that maybe it's time to downshift the the responsibility level downshift the stress level downshift the you know the job title itself maybe versus climbing the ladder which is the american way
1: we have to be honest with ourselves i think it's some reflection and taking some time and as as we think about you know those those tips to kind of move into that that downshift you know do some reflection you know think about where you want to be you know Everybody wants to climb the corporate ladder. That's what we're told when we're young, right? And as we go through college and we do different things, we always want to move up. But sometimes we get up there and we realize that's not the right place. And so what is the vision for your life? What is the vision for your career? Is the big thing that you have to start talking about. I think that's why we're seeing so many people right now in this same position of they had this bill of goods sold to them that you have to keep moving up and you have to do all these things and it's work, work, work. And not realizing there's so much else out there in your life that you can be doing and making an impact. And so creating that vision of what you want and how much you want to spend within your work makes a big difference. Because otherwise, you're just going through the motions. You're following what society has told us for the longest time, instead of really following your true vision and your purpose and passion of how do you want to leave an impact in this world.
0: And I see that, I don't know about in your practice, but I see that often with executives who've gotten into their later fifties or sixties and they can financially afford to downshift. They don't have anything really left to prove. And oftentimes they come to me wanting something to do with a nonprofit or a social justice kind of cause that really speaks to them. But that doesn't have to be reserved for people who are near retirement age. You can make that decision at any point in your life that the trajectory I'm on is, no, it no longer serves me. It's no longer where I want to be. I want to do this other thing. Maybe I don't know what the other thing is, and that's where I need a coach's help, but I know that this isn't it.
1: Oh, definitely. You know, it's, you know, you definitely have the executives, and I have that. And I have, you know, teachers that are near their end and they want to figure that out. But I have a lot of managers, a lot of people in the middle that are just, I don't want to continue this path. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want to see that I'm giving up 60 hours, 70 hours a week of work, missing family events, missing that opportunity. And I'm really getting a calling of doing something else, of looking at that. You know, some like you think with the executives, the the nonprofits, others, there's so many people right now thinking about going out on their own, creating their own business as Mm -hmm. they go through and thinking about how can I share my talents with the world? And a lot of them are doing that, just like you said, of, you know, kind of building it on the side thinking about that opportunity of what do I really want to do well? How do I want to use my motivated skills? But then on the other side, I'm not going to wait until I'm, you know, at the end of my fifties or sixties, or when I retire, I want to make it a pathway now. And I think that's important mm-hmm. for people to understand that you can do that at any time. You know, you just want to put that plan together to do it.
0: And it's interesting that you work with teachers so much because of all the occupations on the planet, the teachers are the ones who come to me feeling like they don't have permission to change careers, A, and B, that they don't think that they're capable of doing anything else besides teaching. So as a former teacher, I want to give the audience permission to look at that. I thought that I was going to be a music teacher in the school system for my whole career. I had it all planned out. And then three years later, I left it and have never looked back. Wasn't that I hated it. It was that it had completed, it had run its course, and I was ready to look at what else I could do. And so to that second point of what else can I do with a a degree in education, I was a corporate trainer for a few years, then I got into higher education administration, and then I got into career services, which I stayed in until I officially retired 22 years later and had opened my own business and then then started doing that full-time, where guess what? Everybody, I'm teaching all the time. I'm teaching people one on one, I'm teaching groups. I did a webinar yesterday. It's all of that. So, yes, A, you have permission to stop being a teacher if you are burnout, because our youth needs energized, enthusiastic teachers, not burnout ones. And B, yes, you have a skill set that is valuable outside of the classroom. Anything you want to add to that little sermon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I I think it's so true and I think right now you're finding a lot of teachers are looking to leave because they're from this last, you know, COVID experience and and going through everything, they're burned out and they are questioning what they want to do. And yes, they they do need permission because we get stuck in this. You see the teachers get stuck of I need to finish it out. I came into this. I want to help the young people, but there's so many other ways they can use their talents and grow into corporate ways, into private practice, into working with universities and doing other things they can. Yeah, sometimes they do need that that permission to step out.
0: So let's talk about some tips that you can give the listeners for making this shift to the next phase, whatever that may look like, whether it's a downshift or a, a pivot as I call it. You know, what what are some tips? Yeah,
1: no, I think one thing is just take some time. You know, when you go through and you're looking to make that, what's going well in your current job? What do you love? What are the certain aspects as they go through and figure out what are the the skill sets that they really love? But also, what are the things, the responsibilities and skill sets they don't love so that when they start to create this plan and vision of what they want next, they have a good idea of what they really want to utilize. Because it's important as they put this together, you know, that's an important part, have that vision, but also understand what you're willing to accept and what's off the plate, because you don't want to just go into another career and be in the same position Mm -hmm. two or three years down the road you want to make sure you know what burnout skills you don't want to carry with you. And so that's the first step is to really do that reflection and creating that vision. The second thing that I like to do with people is really develop what, you know, it's it's through IPEC coaching, but aim smart goals. So everybody knows about smart goals, right? They're specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, you know, they're reasonable and they're time oriented. But part I like at the beginning is... When you start to think about putting your goals together for where your vision is going to go, is think about that aim, right? So A stands for acceptable. What's the minimum you can do, right? So as you're starting to look at things, making that shift, maybe it's reaching out for field research. What's the minimum number of field researches I can do over the next two weeks? And then you think about the ideal, right? That's the maximum. So if I could have all the time in the world, maybe it's getting out there to do 10 or 12 over the next two weeks. And then the M is the middle, right? What's the realistic stretch that I can do? And then once you have this and saying, all right, maybe it's five over the next two weeks, then you can take this and start putting it into that SMART process and thinking very specifically, what's the first step that you have to do? And then as you move forward, you know, what's the, the quantified measure of success? I'm going to get five interviews over the next time. And working it through, it works so much better than just having smart goals, but you can break them down into the short and long long term, but knowing exactly where it fits into that realistic stretch where it's not too much and it's not too little as it all comes together.
0: And then we want to calendar that in, right? So that you have time set aside because stuff that doesn't get on your calendar doesn't get done.
1: Yeah. And it's definitely, and I love to have people write out a calendar. Because a lot of times when people put it in their phone, it's so easy. They may speak it in, they may just type it in, but writing it out ingrains it into their memory and it helps them commit to it in a better sense. Mm -hmm. So long-term over the next few weeks, few months, that I have them do that written calendar. So it makes it easier for them. And it becomes something where they're, they're memorizing as they're putting it down. A third tip is really to expand their network. Start to look at that industry that they want to go into and start reaching on LinkedIn and connecting with those people. To really have a conversation with them, but to serve them also, you're not just trying to collect a bunch of people. And I think people always get Mm -hmm. caught, well, when I go to a networking event, I want every card there. My goal when I have my clients go out and when I go to a networking event, I want to make four to six quality contacts. And so then you can start having conversations and open the door because you know we know with a lot of openings, it's that hidden job market that may show up and by having a connection and start building those conversations you never know where that may lead and so that's an important part as they build the network and to have follow up you know even in their current network is to make sure it's warm make sure they're connected and also review you know every 2 to 3 months how is that network serving you is it in the right connections are there certain connections you maybe want to move off the follow up So that you go through. I have a network of 90 that I always try to get clients to follow through on. And not that you're going to connect with these 90 people over the next three months. It's over the course of the year. So that way, they're still hearing from you. You're connecting with how they're doing, but it builds into that warm network. So when you're ready to make the shift, you're ready to go and you have a network that can help you out.
0: I think especially with the career changers, I hear from from clients a lot that they don't I don't know anybody in the new career field or I don't know anybody in that that industry. And it's just not true because maybe maybe all you have in your network, let's just say that you have a very small network and it's all just in your current employer. Each one of those people in your network at your current employer have spouses, have children working, have parents working, have friends, former colleagues. And who knows where they're at? So don't limit yourself to who you know right now, but think about in terms of who they may know.
1: Yeah, no, it's very important. The other part is you think about your network. Everybody thinks that their strongest links are always going to get that, but it's like the weakest link. You Mm -hmm. know, as you think about that expanded network outside, it's people that don't see you all the time that are going to give you those different ideas and different connections that may lead somewhere. Very true. So, another tip is really try it out. I think it's important that you may be thinking of a new industry. But you know if you can volunteer, if you can shadow, if there's a way that you can spend some time doing it will allow you to see, is this something that I really am going to enjoy? You know, or is it something that you know it sounded great, But then when I come into it and I start doing it, I didn't realize all the paperwork. I didn't realize the amount of time that I'm going to be spending doing research where I want to be engaged with customers. I want to be engaged with, you know, training, whatever it may be. So it's important that you get a chance to try it out, you know, any way that you can do that. And you can't try out every career, but there are different ways that you can get involved and see. And even if it's just doing some field research and asking to shadow that person for a little bit, you get a good idea of, is this a career that's going to work for me? Because in the end, you know, as we're going through this, You know, the grass is always greener somewhere else. And we want to make sure that we don't just step from one lawn that, you know, isn't doing as well to another one. And all of a sudden it starts to burn out and we fall into the same trap that we were in before.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes the grass looks greener because there's a lot more poo being (laughs) dropped on it and fertilizing it. so (laughs) you can keep that in mind you know what you say about that assessment of what you love and what you don't love what are your motivated skills what are your burnout skills what are your values and how does that relate to your career choice it's so important to do that assessment before you jump out of the frying pan and into the fire because you didn't think about you just you were in a you were in a mode of get out of the current situation it was it was getting away from something as opposed to moving toward what you really want and doing taking the time to do that self assessment so that you get i always think of your career as being a dartboard and you start out right at a college right on that outer rung. We don't want you off on the wall. We don't want you sailing through the door opening to the next room. We want you somewhere on there, but it's probably going to be on that outer ring. And then every time you make a change, your goal is to get a little bit closer to the center of that bullseye. And and it takes this self-assessment to do that.
1: It's so true because if we go from a reactionary standpoint where, oh, it's not great. I'm just going to jump and you don't do this work and you don't be proactive and you really kind of figure out, what are those key things to get you closer to the bullseye, you're going to end up in the same place because you may just be jumping, but not realizing that those other burnout skills and the other, other pieces that you don't love all of a sudden start bubbling up and showing up and you end up in that same situation.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been fantastic. I hope that the listeners have gotten Some ideas about if they're thinking about a shift, if they've had some considerable dissatisfaction in their current role, or they're unemployed and looking to make, you know, to get a new job. So important to do this assessment to get it right. So, how can the listeners find you, Mark?
1: Yeah. So, if they go to markdanaher.com forward slash Lisa, they can sign up and get a free ebook titled How to Make a Career Change in Seven Steps, Seven Lunchtime Activities to Get You in Action and Moving Forward. And I'd be more than happy to, to have a conversation or connect with them.
0: Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Mark.
1: Thank you. It's, this has been wonderful. And I, and I love the opportunity in any way I can help. So.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, you guys check out that free offer that Mark has given you and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.